All righty, it is that time in the show, in that time of the week, where we join our friends over at Black Locks Reporter to get all the juicy little tidbits that don't get the attention they should, but they should because they deserve the attention. Of course, no one doing it better than our friend Tom Korsky, who is managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. Hello there, sir. Hi, Alex. All right, so um, you guys, of course, got internal memos that um, reveal, and I think this is a telling story, is that, you know, while the prime minister is out there during the election threatening the public sector with job loss, the Treasury Board had data to suggest that 95 to 96 percent of public sector employees were already immunized. So they created a crisis where none existed. They, uh, in fact, confirmed this. So those figures are now public, Alex, exactly that. Mm. We knew at the time, 95, 96, 97% even of um, employees, federal employees in some work units were already vaccinated. And now Treasury Board has confirmed it so exactly as you say. Then what was the problem when you're up to uh, vaccination rates that are far in excess of the average nationwide and under your own program you're excluding people like federal prisoners. So what was this about then? We, we, we know what it wasn't about. It wasn't about mm. public safety, and it wasn't about health, and it wasn't about science. Was it, whatever it was, it wasn't one of those three things or any of them all put together. Because when you're hitting 95% immunization rates, what more could you possibly want if you're with a public health agency? This is a fantasy. This is fantastic. A huge success story. They didn't see it that way. Well, they didn't see it that way because they wanted to see a wedge issue that would uh, put Mr. O'Toole on his heels and politicize an issue that never should have been politicized. And why no one has called the prime minister on this. There's enough to criticize Aaron O'Toole about because he can't seem to find a position on this thing. Um, But, you know, even today, Justin Trudeau's out there with his caucus, uh, you know, talking about her, you know, you know, how dare we talk about these vaccines and the threat? We'll be the party that stands by your side and make sure you're protected. It's all a bunch of baloney. I just don't understand why no one in the press gallery ever questions this. No matter how thin you slice it, it is baloney. You know, he said to his caucus today, who do you think you are, you opposition (laughs) MPs, that you're so special you don't have to be immunized against COVID? By the count of the Toronto Star, I'm going to take them at their word, 99% of MPs are already vaccinated and the prime minister will not compel 60,000 federal prisoners to be vaccinated. Who's telling convicts in the penitentiary, oh, Mr. Special, you don't have to be vaccinated. How this thing went off the rails, Alex, everyone understands politics. I don't see the political advantage here. The campaign is over. You are manufacturing a crisis. I understand witch hunts will continue until you stop finding victims to burn. This one appears to be over, but I guess... Certain people are having a good time. But you know what? As long as Aaron O'Toole continuously steps on the rake that they keep putting in front of him, why wouldn't they use it to distract from, you know, real issues like the inflation that's, um, you know, crushing people, cost of living, you know, energy costs, all the things that the Trudeau government would rather not deal with? You know, I mean, (laughs) hell, if you could just keep throwing out vaccine mandates and the media is eating it up, why bother changing that? Works for I, 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 I take your point, but but Alex, he tried that through an entire election campaign and came in with 32.6%. That's it. That's oh, the verdict. Yeah. 
That, that's you have a very unhappy, owly electorate that is unsatisfied with where this country is going. Your internal polling tells you that. I'm not making that up. That's what mm-hmm. the voters are saying. If you want to keep flogging this dead, dead horse, I, do, I just I'm I'm legitimately baffled. I don't get it, Alex. I don't get it. You don't get it. But nonetheless, the issue that shouldn't have been politicized has been very politicized, and it's very, very divisive. And then, of course, you've got Dr. Howard New saying uh, there's no reason to believe everyone who declines a Klobuchar will even contract the virus because some people just won't get it. And that's a personal choice, he said, though he himself is fully immunized. He seems rather reasonable about this. He's like, look, I I got a vaccine. I think people should get vaccine. But Hey, it's a personal choice, which it is after all, Tom. I mean, the, the bottom line is whether you or I like it, it is someone's personal choice if they choose to get one or not. It's so reasonable. I don't know why they're letting Howard anywhere near a microphone. <laughs> he was asked, you talk about my friends in the press car. He was asked by a reporter. This is after a year and a half in the pandemic. The question legitimately was, the question was, is it safe to say that all adults who are not vaccinated will get COVID? You say, oh, my mother, it, it's not mustard gas. That's not how the, this thing works. And Howard had to say, okay, but let me grab your mitten strings. Let me take you through step by step. No, that's not what it means. You can take precautions. No one is immunized against everything all the time. A lot of people who contract the coronavirus never even notice, Alex. That's what makes this thing devilish and tricky. It's not about following military-style orders. It's it's absolutely incredible. You know, this has not been a great epic for fact-finding and publication of scientific data. Can I just say that? I'm I'm just blurting that out, I guess. (laughs) That's where we are. There you go. I know. I've got a cold. I know I've got a cold. But I get looked at every time I cough, and it's like I've got the bubonic plague. It's not a good time to have a cold, by the way, Tom, because you're, you're just a pariah automatically. Um, I, wanted, I want to talk about this long-promised federal law for Canadians who lose work due to climate change regulations. So this has to do with the whole announcement that um, Justin Trudeau made at COP26. You know, they're going to cap emissions on the oil sands. They're going to do that by 2022. They're going to do all these things. They're going to mandate all these things. Of course, Mr. Trudeau made this announcement that's going to have huge implications for job um, loss. You know, they, they expect whole sectors to completely either disappear or shrink significantly. And yet nothing was put out to signal, well, here's how we're going to transition. Here's how we're going to do that. Here's how it's actually going to cost you. None of those details. No, and the Just Transition Act, as they call it, has been kicking around since 2019. It's never been introduced. No one's ever seen any text. And their uh, Minister of Natural Resources has said, yeah, we've got to work on that. And we may have uh, an introduction of a bill this winter, uh, so that would be two, three years after it was promised. The takeaway here is, Alex, there will be job losses. So that's significant. That's a concession from uh, Cabinet that its program will result in job Losses. Now, we didn't hear that in terms of previous programs going back 25, even back to free trade. It was always, well, there'll be transition, but we're all going to wind up as biochemists. It'll be fine. They acknowledge in plain language, as does the Bank of Canada, uh, their deputy governor, Grebel, in a speech to Toronto executives by video conference, said, of course, there will be whole sectors of the economy that will suffer significant shrinkage. Two words he didn't mention jobs 
lost. But that's what this is all about. This is not insignificant, Alex. It's hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yeah. Right, which begs the question, if you were going to make that kind of announcement, and, and, and we should point out that Alberta has been promised um, help for a couple of years now, that they were supposed to see some, some help or some direction or some transition, you know, um, you know, supports, and nothing's been said. And still, I find it just a little, well, I wouldn't say so, I'm surprised it doesn't get more attention, but the fact that they can make all these draconian changes and not have to lay out a plan as to how this is going to all be done, let alone costed out and afforded by the general public. They must at some point, though, and everyone knows that. And it's interesting, isn't it, that our climate change debate never really gets down no to that level. It's always about climate deniers and truth seekers, <laughs> as if anybody gave a damn anymore. Why don't we just talk about what does it mean? when you don't plan to have mining anymore? What does it mean when you are affecting food production? What does it mean when you say, we don't want anyone burning coal for electricity and your own data show, that means utility rates will go up 12%. That's an official report that we got three years ago. What does that mean to the widow on the fixed income? These are valid questions, Alex. Guess what they don't want to talk about in Glasgow or in cabinet or in parliament. Exactly that. Who pays, how much, when, and who loses their job? Those are valid questions. There are very valid questions, but no one in uh, Quebec or Ontario seem to care about that. But nonetheless, we do, so we will continue to stay on it. I appreciate you joining me to explain it. Thanks, Tom. My pleasure, Alex. That is Mr. Tom Korski asking the questions and getting all the dirt. Of course, that is Black Locks Reporter. It is subscription-based. They deliver the goods, but of course, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9, we give you a peek behind the curtain. Alex Pearson on point, and this is Global News Radio.